0: Yesterday was, um, uh, and I don't go into it, um, that when you uh, know more about the gifts of the Spirit, function more in the the gifts of the Spirit, you can also discover that it gives a more positive view of yourself and of others and of the Church. It it does something. And I was thinking about that. last evening, uh, praying about how to continue, and um, and, and just the, the fact that you speak about gifts, it means that uh, if you speak about God as the giver, and, and it is so important that we know God as the great giver, um, and that is not always the case for us. Uh, um, uh, uh, I don't know how it was for you, uh, how your parents were. Uh, I did not have a father who was a great giver, um, so I, I had a bad start in that respect. My my wife, her father is a great giver. He gives everything, uh, but um, so um, in in this in this area you can already have a false start. My, my father. Uh, like I said yesterday, I was a bit critical, you know, that was, and then it's diff- difficult to function in the spirit. That was from my mother's side. Uh, they never listened to my teaching, so it's okay. But, um, <laughs> 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 uh, she does, I think, but uh, they, they both became Christians later, now, almost at the same time as I, I myself. Um, so that was very nice, but uh, my mother comes from a very critical family. So when you, when you talk about sin that goes through, uh, through the generations... Um, so that's what I inherited, and God had, had to change this in my heart. But my father comes from a very stingy family. Yeah, um, um, you just don't give easy, easily. So when we, as a child, wanted a cookie, we never went to my father, always to my mother. My mother was not the one who spoiled, but uh, she gave when, when, when it was a proper, the proper time, and it uh, was okay. But my father, if you asked for a cookie, even if you hadn't had a cookie for a week, and you asked for a cookie, he said, okay, take one. <laughs> all that was, that was difficult. <laughs> uh, and so, it was not in his, yeah, you could see in his genes. Of course, it's not in your genes, but, um, and then um, I had to, I had to learn, and I had to find out, and it's more than learning, it's something in your heart, that God is really one who wants to give and he wants to give abundantly um, that needed to change and that is one of the works of the Holy Spirit he he changes your conceptions your the way you think and, and the, those things are very deep in in your heart um, and I had to also learn and and discover that God was my father I had no concept of God as a father when I was in Bible school it was about God, the fatherhood of God, and, and then they, they asked you to mentally picture uh, uh, how you thought about God as a father. And so we prayed, and you just you close your eyes, and that's the Holy Spirit. And he gives you pictures. I will say something more about that when it's about prophecy. Uh, usually we think God gives words, but He hardly ever gives words. He usually gives pictures. He speaks, just read in the Bible the prophets always would see. They were called seers. And Jesus said, I do what I see the Father do. So God didn't speak to him, but he let him see. Um, but that's another thing. What was I, what was I talking about? Um, oh yeah, um, about um, uh, what is your, your picture of... Um, and so I was, I was picturing this in my mind and I saw myself walking to an office, big desk, and... And God was sitting behind his desk. And I came in and had a conversation. He was a nice man, but there was distance. And, um, and that was all I could picture of, of God as my father. He was my boss, my leader. He was holy. He was important. He was friendly. But he was not my father. And so I, I wrestled with that and I prayed about it. And there was a moment when I was in Bible school, I was in the living room of the, uh, of the students. It was, a, it, was a, it was a big building with upstairs a living room, and I was there alone, and I was praying, and I was a bit sad. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it was like um, I was praying as, as if God would sit next to me and put his arm around me. Uh, it, it was such a strong feeling that I didn't dare to look up because I, I was afraid it would go away. And so uh, and it was just if God gave it so I, I had all the teaching. I knew everything from the Bible. You can know many things, but you have to feel it. It has to land in your heart. That is what the Holy Spirit does. And so I just and I will never forget, it was such a precious moment to find out that God was really was is my father. And um and then also, it's easier to think about the the gifts of the Spirit. God wants to give a lot to us, and He has given a lot to us. And and so and that's why that's what makes it such a wonderful <coughs> topic to deal with. Um, the next uh, picture I found is "Be yourself; nobody's better qualified." Um, uh, if you don't know this this concept of God who gives to you what Fits with you, and, and he has created you as you are. You always try to uh, to to be different or to compete. You're always in a struggle. You always feel insecure. But when God does His work in your life, you you can really be yourself. Well, that, that, that is reason enough to to uh, to deal with things like uh, the gift of the Spirit. Um, let's pray about that Lord I pray that, that when we um, yeah, when we deal with this topic of the gifts of the spirit it can be something we just discuss about or have opinions about or just a, but it's but it's, it's basically about you you are the great giver and you know exactly what we can handle you don't spoil us but you're also not stingy and you've made us as we are with all the gifts we have and you also know exactly what you want to give to us that fits with our life uh, our lives and, and, and um, with our future and with our calling and with our passions you know exactly who we are and you want us to be ourselves not to strive to be something that that can have your approval thank you so much for that and I pray that this will land in our hearts also in precious moments, maybe while we are here, but also moments when we are maybe middle of the night, when we are awake, when we go for a walk, that You will minister to our hearts and do something in our hearts that all the teaching and talking cannot do. that is what You want to do through Your Holy Spirit. And we thank You for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, there are, of course, uh, uh, a, a few, uh, uh, well, basically two chapters, uh, three chapters in the Bible, where you have this list of gifts. You're probably aware of that. And one of these is in Romans 12. And I heard from Mark, you've already done something with that, because uh, you can do tests with that, you know, to find out what your gifts are, who's done such a test, yeah, several of you. If not, then uh, you can ask Marquis because you have such a test. and it, it, it's, um, it's very nice to do, to find out what your gift is. Um, and then uh, it, Paul starts in Romans 12, and that's what I first want to read. He says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself or herself to high, more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Um, that's a little bit strange for Paul to start with that. You know, he, he starts to speak about, he will speak from verse 4 about the gifts of the Spirit and he will uh, he will mention them and then he, he says, um, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Why would Paul do that? And what is the what is the danger of focusing on on the gifts? You know, do a test and, and talk about it and dealing with it. What is the danger of focusing on the gifts? What do you think? This is my gift. What kind of gift do you have? Oh, this. Oh, they all come from God. Hmm? Because they all come from God. They all the gifts come from God. So that's yes. You to yeah. <coughs> yeah, So, the, so, it, 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 so the danger is. To think that you deserve it? That's, it. That, that, that's me. It's me. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. And also, when you do these tests, hey, you have these scores, hey? percentages. Is that <laughs> true? Yeah. <laughs> we did once did the test. I was leading a, 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 a team of um, uh, young youth um, workers. We, we were young adults, actually, not you, the young adults. And I had a team, and uh, we did this test, and I was leading this, this team, and, but one of the team had a higher score on leadership. <laughs> so I said, okay, uh, I, uh, maybe you can take over. You know, I can make a joke of it. Um, but you see, there is this, okay, uh, so my score is higher than yours. You already know what happens then. It's certain dynamic. And uh, this, this girl was on the team. She had leadership gifts, but she had lots of problems. Uh, uh, psychological problems, so at some point we were praying, and it was a precious moment of prayer and she was not there anymore when he opened her eyes. We had to look around and found her in the ki- one of the kitchen closets. she had to crawl into the closet well then you have issues in your life, so it was better for her not to leave the team but um, but she she had this gift uh, uh, I know it was in her um. But there is a certain danger on, with focusing on these gifts and that um, um, also is an atmosphere of competition, of comparing with one another. And then Paul says another interesting thing. He says also, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What would that mean when it speaks about the gifts? And then also the, the other verse in Ephesians 4, to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then it will also speak about gifts of the Spirit in this chapter. Ephesians 4. What is what is Paul saying? What is he saying? What's the meaning of this? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying that we might fancy having a gift, but it's not up to us. It's God who decides which right. way he's going to share things in a which proportion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also, um, each one of as grace as we give him us um could could it mean that we do not all receive the same amount? One receives more than the other. That's a sensitive area, yeah. So, when you have different gifts, you have this gift and I have this gift and you that, Okay, we can live with that. Although some gifts might just feel better than other <laughs> gifts, but okay, at least we all have a certain gift. But you also can have more of it than the other. Or the other has more of it than you. That, that is what God does. He, doesn't, he makes differences. And, uh, we, and, and, and so it needs a certain attitude to deal with that. Um and ma- maybe um, maybe you can give examples of that. Can you give an example of somebody who clearly has a certain gift more clearly more than you have? Yes. Jill has a great gift that helps. Right. And I have a little gift that helps and helps. would never help anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well don't feel ashamed I, I, when I did this, do this test there are certain gifts that have a very low score and you don't want to mention that as a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> it's gifts like uh, um, well I don't mention that. <laughs> but it's because all the high scores are on the teaching side and the leadership side and uh, a little bit on the prophetic side and then the other score very low. But I have to be a shepherd. I have to love the people. And then say, how can you score so low on certain these gifts? But um, that is how God has made you. Can you give other examples of somebody who has a very clearly very high score on a certain gift? And you think, oh that's not really mine. Yes. I have a friend who suffers really badly from eczema, and I also did as a young lad. I've always been completely healed. Be it means really struggling still. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's that's nice, eh? Hey? Yeah. Another example? Come on. Irene's gift of prophecy. Sorry? Uh, Irene's gift of prophecy. Right. The gift of? Prophecy. Who has? Irene. Okay. Is he here? Yeah. <laughs> You're one of the worship leaders, eh? it's yeah. That's good to have a gift of prophecy when you have a, when you believe in worship. I was using uh, worship very often in a prophetic way. Prophetic worship is a, it's very beautiful. Yes. Uh, we had in the same team as I mentioned where there was this girl who was crawling into kitchen closets. And, um, there was also one who had the gift of giving. And then the gift of giving. Um, she she was uh, she was not married, and her house was full with. Uh, dogs or cats what was it uh, but uh, and she when we were missionaries occasionally uh, we would receive a gift of a thousand guilders it was still there eh? not a mm-hmm. thousand euros and uh, which was a large amount of money and she had, didn't have a, a high paid job she lived alone but she she gave and and she always did it unseen and it's very nice to have these in your support group <laughs> and uh, yeah but that's a uh, so there are, there are differences in gifts, but also differences in, um, in, in amount of gifts. And, and, um, um, and, and it's just very important to, to, um, to, to realize and just be very clear about this is not my strength. Uh, God does not want an atmosphere of com- competition yeah. or an outward show of spirituality. Uh, and we will also discover uh, Paul continuously stresses the importance of serving, serving the other. The gifts you have are for the benefit of others. And so that's the atmosphere that Paul wants to teach about. Um, we are all different, and God has given to us as He wants and as much as He wants in great variety. That is what the first thing we need to know when we speak about the gifts. Now, let's uh, let's uh, uh, see uh, what the Bible says about this. I, I will not teach too much about Romans uh, 12, because you've been doing something about it already. Um, uh, I, I want to spend a little bit more time with 1 Corinthians 12, and other list of gifts. Um, but here we, we read the, the following. the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Um, The the Greek word that is uh, used here is the word charismata, which basically just means gifts. Sometimes you translate it with gifts of grace, but that's where the word grace comes from, gifts. Um, And... um, in the, in, the, in the many Bibles you find different translations sometimes that is a bit confusing but because now we have the, uh, the, the, the um, we have the, the possibility of comparing all these translations maybe you have them on your phone or on your iPad or, or whatever thing you have a computer and you can compare in, in these translations and I did that with English um, prophecy sometimes translated with preach, serving ministry to help, um, teaching is always teaching, and then to exhort, to encourage, comforting, to give encouraging guidance. Um, the gift of exhortation actually is not the same as um, um, the, the the gift of uh, uh, comforting. It's not a very good translation. But the the meaning of the word is. Um, you have two different ways of, of comforting. You can sit next to a person, and, and feel with the person, uh, uh, and cry with the person. That's another gift, but the gift of exhortation, that means that if somebody has a problem, you, you stand next to the person and you say, okay, now stand up, because we'll try again. And, and, and together we get through. That's, that's the gift of exhortation. That's a, yeah, maybe you recognize that. You're not the person who starts to, you know, sits down and say, okay, I understand you and just, you know, we can cry together. That's also important. But you're more somebody who says, okay, we will stand up. I believe in you. You can do it. That's the gift of exaltation. Um, the, the, the gift of giving, contribute to give aid. Then to lead, to be in charge, ruling, to show mercy, showing kindness, and to work with the disadvantaged. That's a translation, modern day translation. Uh, I've, I've chosen this. Prophetic, helping, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, and being merciful. The last one, being merciful, that is the, that is the one who, who cries with the other, uh, feels with the other, wants to help the other. Uh, Sometimes you even want to take over, you just just say, I'll help you. So um, that's a person who can feel with the other. Um, Why have have I translated it this way? Because these these gifts are very much uh, connected with who you are. That is why we sometimes call these gifts um, motivational gifts, or personality gifts. It, it means that uh, it is uh, very much connected with with who you are. Um, motivational gifts. Uh, motivation is the driving force of in your personality, uh, and and these gifts they seem to be connected with who you are as a person, even from before you were a Christian. And that's why we sometimes also, sometimes also call them talents. It is, it is who we are. How God has made us. Um, and, and what motivates you. You can, you. you can use funny examples, you know, uh, of just a, a something happens, some accident, and then how people will react differently. Uh, there's this story about... Uh, a, a, a girl who was helping on a marriage, um, uh, and she was a volunteer, and she was helping with this tray with glasses. It was plastic glasses, but the high ones with champagne, you know, like twenty of those on one plate. And she was, she was a volunteer, and it was, and all, was all balancing, and and everybody could take a glass. And there, then there was, she was close to a uh, one of the doors and, and there was one guy who wanted to sneak through quickly to be in front of the row of congratulating the, the couple so he didn't have to wait, but in his speed he bumped against her and everything fell over the floor and then it's interesting to see how people respond. this girl was crying you know, and, and, and immediately there is somebody who sits next to her and like, come on you know, it's not your fault." Can't help, and 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 there is somebody who, who immediately goes to mop up this stuff and and uh, wants to clean up, uh, and there is also also somebody who who has already seen before that something like that could happen. Huh? <laughs> Give the prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> you should do things differently. <laughs> this way it, it goes wrong, and and then there is also also somebody who doesn't really act, but he says okay. Um, now I need three people to stand around it because everybody will walk through this mess, no, the the, the, the sticky uh, <laughs> sweet uh, stuff, and, and just uh, and, and then uh, can you uh, uh, c- go and mop up the floor? And somebody else needs to get a cloth to, to clean the, the clothes of the of the, the woman. Uh, one of the women has, a, you know, because you need another. Uh, no, nah, etc. That's the different way people respond, and that is the that is what we call the motivational gifts. It is who you are. And sometimes we call them personality gifts. It is close to your natural talent. Um, And uh, now, then maybe you will ask the question okay, but why do we call it gifts of the spirit? If it is your natural talent, what makes it gifts of the spirit? How does that work? Um, Well, Paul also teaches something about it, but your natural gifts will be transformed in gifts of the Holy Spirit when you commit your life in God's hands, when you become full of the God's Spirit, when you learn to walk through the Spirit. Um, your natural gifts can be um, for, for the good, but they also can be for the bad. Um, and... I, I just try to give an example. Somebody who is um, in his natural life uh, has a strong mind. He can be very stubborn. Any stubborn people in this room? Stubborn people. <laughs> but people who are by, na- by nature uh, uh, stubborn, when the Holy Spirit takes over, these are the people who will never give up. They have great perseverance. They persist. Even when there is a great opposition, they will never give up. But when the Holy Spirit is not there, they can be very annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. The same is true for for um, uh, somebody who is who is a natural talent on the podium. You, who, well, you can just make the atmosphere. Uh, they, they can be uh, somewhat narcissistic. What do you call them in English narcissistic? It's like they always want to be seen. They want to be in the center of attention. It can be very irritating. But when the Holy Spirit uses them, they can be um, they can be the ones who. Who transform the atmosphere and everybody feels included, everybody feels valued. That is, and God, it is the same person. So the Holy Spirit doesn't make us a different person, but He uses our natural gifts uh, for, for the good. When I was, before I was a Christian, I also had this gift of leadership. I noticed that very quickly as a child, I was always in charge. And if, if I wouldn't be in charge, then, then someone would look at me and say, Why aren't you saying anything? So It's like in your genes. And, and I was also, uh, I could use my words very easily. So, it, when I was in a group of people, I could use my tongue to dominate. It's a very easy tactic. You just make jokes with people, and everybody starts to laugh. And the, the jokes can be just very close, you know, to the border. And it's like, but everybody's laughing. Why? because they don't want to be the next one. And you can, you, can, you, can, you can dominate in a group with your tongue, but it's not what God wants. So God has to say to me, this is not what I want. And, uh, and later I discovered as a Christian that I could use my presence in the group to include everyone. Because you feel very quickly, uh, some people are left out or don't feel comfortable. And you can easily uh, use your tongue to include them make them part of the group and then is a gift of the spirit it's the same natural ability so maybe that helps you to to understand a bit more about these gifts I found a a nice overview in English I will send it to you but it's just a summary of the motivational gifts and it, it's a, you know it's, it's a kind of person uh, in the church the prophet keeps descended on spiritual principles uh, also a prophet is, is usually a person who is um, f- very strong about right and wrong. Uh, if you are a prophetic person and you don't know God, you, you might uh, end up with some, uh, what do you call these movement uh, to, to, to protect the, the, the planet. Uh, you yeah. yeah. uh, know? Or to fight against injustice with the animals or whatever. <laughs> because that is your personality. You want to fight the things that are wrong and you, you want to uh, you want to give everything for that that's the prophetic person um, and it's not always an easy person because this is a person who doesn't tend to be very um, diplomatic diplomacy is not something for a prophet uh, uh, the person of, 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 had the gift of ministry um, it, it's, it's a, the, the, the serving is a very important person Often not on the forefront, not on the podium. Teacher is the one who wants to teach principles. I am a teacher, and sometimes I, I make the mistake that I think, if I teach the principles, they will automatically work. But it's not true. It works for me like that. If I discover principles, I am going to do it. And I expect other people to do the same. But. It doesn't work like that. It's part of, of what needs to happen in the church. An exhorter is um, you know, it's the person who who can really encourage people to get them going. The giver, the ruler, uh, mercy, uh, uh, very strong in emotions and feeling the emotions of somebody else. Now maybe you already discover a bit of yourself in this. Usually, of course, we are a, a combination and sometimes a very funny combinations, but that is what God does, and, and the combinations make us very different again. So these are the um, the gifts of the Spirit that Paul speaks about in Romans 12, and then he says at the beginning of this chapter, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, God's giving, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. So, um, in order to make your personality gift, the gifts of the Spirit, you, you simply give your life to God. This is my life. This, you have created me, you have made me as I am, and you can use it as you want. But at the same time, you can say, please change them, because they have become, uh, according to the pattern of the world. And I gave you an example of that. And I want it to be different. I can, as I told you I come from a very critical family. Um, but in the... In the in the good sense, when the Holy Spirit fixes it up, it means that you um, that, that you have a function in in the in a, in a gathering of people to to watch that they don't go in the wrong direction. You, you are you're constantly testing things, what does the word of God say? And that is a critical ability. It's very important. Because some people don't have that ability. They go over everything. If somebody is very enthusiastic, they will follow. What does the Bible say? That is very important. So God makes it into uh, a gift of the Spirit. Now, that's all I want to say about Romans 12, because I want to move on to the other list of gifts. Um, any questions about this? The gifts of Romans 12. What Was most of it already known to you? somewhat yeah you've done something with this <coughs> now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 um, different um, it's a different chapter and and I, I will already say you at, at this point um, say to you these are not uh, uh, gifts in, in the same category as Romans 12 sometimes we just you know, we just put them on a the great uh, heap. You know, also some other gifts that are mentioned in the Bible, like the gift of uh, remaining unmarried or something like that. And we just all put them together and make one test of it. It cannot be done, and I will make that clear to you because these gifts are actually—it um, it is maybe even better not to call them gifts uh, because they, as we will discover, these are about the way the Holy Spirit works through us and in our midst. And, uh, and, and it's not so much something that we are or that we have. <clears throat> I want to make that clear to you. Um, first, let's start with um, 1 Corinthians 12, is 4. There are different kinds of gifts, gifts of the Spirit, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service with the same Lord. There are different kinds of working But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, there are three words here that stand out. It's the word, so about these gifts, there are different kinds of gifts, and then Paul uses three words to describe these gifts. He says, eh, the charismata, they are works of service, um, different kinds of working. And he uses the word manifestation of the Spirit. And so, um, we need to find out what Paul means with that. And again, it is translated differently in the the various Bibles. Um, Service, ministries, that is usually the same. But then working is sometimes translated with activities or effects, operations, results, expressions of power, working gifts. So there are many different translations. That usually means that we are not so sure about it. What does it mean? And then manifestations of the Spirit, demonstrations of the Spirit, something that shows who God is, power and, pres- uh, and presence. Power and presence. Um, so what, what, what do we need to choose here? Uh, what does what is, what is Paul say? I, I, I've made my, my choice. I have translated it like this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are... Ways to serve through the Spirit, and ways the Spirit works through us, and ways the Spirit reveals himself. Um, so Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit as a, a, a typical way that we can serve, that also is somewhat related to leadership, the way that we typically serve through the Spirit, the way the Spirit works through us, and the way the Spirit reveals through us. And, and reveals himself um, and so the, here we enter into uh, the, the area of the supernatural the Holy Spirit will work in the midst of the believers or through us in the, uh, and using us in a way that has something supernatural about it which means that it's not we, 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 we recognize ourselves hey this is more than just natural but the Holy Spirit is doing something uh, and you probably have experienced that at a certain points. So let's, let's read what Paul then says. He has introduced it, and then he will go more in detail from verse 8. He says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discernment of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's an uh, an interesting uh, text here that Paul is using. Um, (coughs) So, these gifts are mentioned here in, uh, in these verses. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Nine gifts. This is in the New International Version. But in, in the various translations, and this, um, uh, we, will, we will see that there, there are different uh, uh, translations given here. But, but first of all, and I've already said it uh, uh, just a moment ago, these gifts, they are different from the gifts in Romans 12, and it's important for you to see that. We have a saying in, in Dutch, but I don't know if you have that in English, English uh, don't compare apples with pears. You have the same in here? Uh, you have different kind of apples and different kind of pears, <laughs> but you shouldn't mix them together. That's not a, a, a proper comparison. Um, and that's the same, and the same holds true for, for this, for these, uh, these gifts in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Now let's see how they were translated in the different translation. Uh, a word of wisdom, sometimes a message of wisdom. Uh, and then in another translation it is translated with the ability to give wise advice. Now when I look at that and when I compare it when I see this in a different translation I think, okay um, um, what is the right translation here? Uh, And uh, what do you think? What would you choose? What is the difference between somebody having a word of wisdom or somebody who has the ability to give wise advice? You You can give wise advice Like in a professional capacity, but a word of wisdom suggests that it's from God. Yeah, and the ability to give wise advice makes it almost like the gift, as we've seen in Romans 12. It is something that belongs to you. You have that ability, maybe a God-given ability, but you have the ability, and maybe somebody else doesn't have the ability. So this is actually not a very good translation. It's one of the uh, English translations has this, Um, and the word ability is not there. So it's a free translation. It simply says that, that through the Holy Spirit, the one, you know, one of the believers has a word of wisdom. And then another has a word of knowledge, which is there translated as the ability to speak with knowledge. And maybe you say, well, why is that so important? Well, because this has led to discussions about. Uh, these gifts, like for instance, uh, we will speak some some more about the gift of tongues. That some people will say, "Well, I don't have that gift." Some have that gift; they speak in tongues, but I don't have that gift because uh, that is what the translation here, uh, the last one, seems to su- suggest. Some have <coughs> the ability, the given ability; others do not. While in this text in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 it's about the church gathering Paul speaks about the church gathering of believers he doesn't connect it with the, the person himself he just says um, to the one the Spirit exists, to the other the Spirit works that and, and yet another and then he says but to each one uh, the Spirit has been given, and the gifts of the Spirit have been given. So, the, 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 the message of this text is, we are all included, the Spirit works through all of us, but, in the gathering of believers, it may be that, that God uses Martin for a word of wisdom, or somebody else, with a word of knowledge, or somebody else, with a message in, in tongues, with somebody else to interpret it. Or, again, somebody else can have, very strong the feeling that to pray for somebody for healing. And that is a work of the Spirit. And it has a, a rather spontaneous character. And it doesn't need to be confined to one person. It's not that only one person has a, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Uh, but it, it can work through anybody. Now, faith is always associated with faith. Um, Verse 4, is that gifts of healings, which is translated in another Bible with the gift of healing, which suggests very strongly that some people have the gift of healing and others do not. Well, actually, it is true that some of these gifts can work more strongly with the one than with the other. That is true. But uh, uh, the the way it it stands in the Greek translation is just gifts of healing, just gifts of healing just appear in the church. Moments of healing. See that's different. Working of miracles, which is then also translated in another Bible with the power to perform miracles. This is again a difference. Somebody has the power of uh, to perform miracles, and then you have this mir- miracle man, or usually a man, but, uh, but it's but it also can be this working of miracles, which is different. There, there are works of miracles among the believers. And it could be any one of you. See that? Um, prophecy. we say something more about that. Um, the sermon of discerning of spirits. The sermon between spirits. And then again, it translates as the ability to discern. Um, but the sermon of spirit, discerning spirits, is something that can, uh, uh, can be given to any one of us. And actually, we all need it. But it is true, God can use some very strongly in this area. It's usually also the teacher, the one with the personality the gift of the teacher, also has often had this gift of discernment. That you simply know, this is not, this is not right. Um, in, it, when, when I was in Bible school with, with Evelyn, uh, we had, um, we had uh, Sunday morning services, but we also had on the evening, and later on the Monday evening, what we called a charismatic uh, family service, something like that, uh, and we would all sit uh, in the living room, the big living room, with the, an open fire in the middle, and we would all sit there, and, and this would be um, a meeting where um, there wasn't a, a fixed uh, order of service, um, and there was no preaching, but there was a lot of freedom, a lot of worship, a lot of freedom for the Holy Spirit to, 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 uh, to work. And it was also a way of practicing it for students to... Sometimes we, we would need to lead it, so I, when I was a third year student, I needed to lead such a meeting, and it's very, uh, uh, I found it very difficult, because I uh, how can you prepare for such a meeting? Because you don't know what will happen. And I want you know, I told you, I have the spirit of control, you know, I wanted to <laughs> prepare everything. So Lord, and then I remember there was one such a meeting that I was in charge, and I was a bit nervous, and the spirit was so strongly there, uh, I don't know why that happened, but people some of the students started to kneel down and, and they were crying and they were confessing their sins. I'd never seen something like that. and I didn't know what to do with it. So, when they were doing this, I, I went outside this little chapel and I was looking for one of the staff members. And fortunately, I saw the, the head of the school. I said, Oh, you have to come and help me because I didn't know what to do with it. So, he came in and we had a wonderful service where God's God Spirit was, was working at very strong way. I had to learn how to to deal with that. I didn't know. I I could could give a sermon and and I could prepare a meeting. Um, But uh, in in one of these meetings where we also had people from outside, at some point there was a woman who stood up and uh, a rather impressive personality. I I didn't know her. And she had this vision of Jesus in white, standing at the side of the river, I don't know exactly what the rest of the message was, and it was. It was a very beautiful message. But somehow as a student, I was sitting there, and I thought something is wrong. I can't, it's just in my heart, I thought, but I didn't have any freedom to say that, I didn't have the position, but the one who was in charge it was the same staff member, one of the staff members of the school, and while she was still uh, having this, this uh, vision and, and, and speaking about it, he, he he nudged the, the worship leader to start singing a song. So he started to sing a song, and slowly uh, we drowned her message in the uh, singing. <laughs> and then later, when we had a gathering with the students, the third and forty students, with this staff member, he had we had this meal once in a week, we would ask him about it. He we said, well, I said, uh, I, it didn't feel good for me. And, and there was nothing really wrong about what she said. And so he went to. He knew where she lived. He found out where she lived, and he went to her house without making an appointment. She knocked on the door. She opened, and immediately he saw all these altars, uh, alt- uh, I with the, the, the candles and the uh, the different tribes. Yes, and, um, and 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 she was just uh, all kinds of weird stuff and and uh, uh, the new age like Buddhist things. Christian things all mixed together and he found out she had been in other churches and caused great problems and then she left and would go to another church and caused great problems. So it was so important that that, uh, that that the leader of that worship, he gave a lot of freedom so she could stand up and have a message but he also had the gift of discernment. So it's good to give a lot of freedom everybody can, you know, but you also have this gift of discernment. It's very important and he had, fortunately, and so um, she never came back and, uh, and later I was a pastor in, in, in a church in Holland and there was also, uh, there were also these, this period that there was great freedom in the meetings also the work of the Spirit uh, which was rather difficult for me because there were believers who, who didn't like it and they uh, sort of exercised pressure on me to keep control but there were also believers who found I wasn't going far enough. I was, I was withholding the flow of the Spirit. Okay, so I was right in the middle of that. And, uh, but I wanted to, to, the Holy Spirit more, <coughs> wanted to have more freedom in the, in the meetings. And so at some point there was also uh, the encouragement to, uh, if you want to use, to, to dance. Uh, do you, have you ever danced during the worship? I wasn't uh, I wasn't familiar with it, but as long as it happened on podium with somebody like practiced, you know, with a proper dress, then it was okay. But okay, so um, and then of course uh, there was a guest speaker. I was leading the meeting. There was this man I'd never met him before. He was he had these clothes on, as if he was an office worker, you know. It was, was not some kind of a hippie, uh, and uh, so and he was dancing in front of the of the of the service in a way that I thought what to do with that, you know? it was just not, it didn't have a good feel, um, but I didn't dare to stop it because, you know, then I was stopping the flow of the Spirit, and so, uh, but um, so we, uh, we said something about it later, and I asked this guest speaker, he said, what would you do, and he came from a very charismatic church, so I thought he would say, just let it go, you know, it's the Word of the Spirit, but he said, you have to stop it, it's not, good. you have to stop it, it's good, let me do that. And later we found out that this man um, had uh, psychological problems and uh, uh, he was uh, not, simply not using his medicine. And um, so then he was out of control. <laughs> then these things can happen. So it is so important to, you know, to have uh, meetings, as Paul speaks about, with a lot of freedom. The, the Spirit has some freedom to, to do things maybe that we don't expect, but also um, we need this gift of discernment solid teaching and leadership. It's a different kind of leadership. It's not the leadership that has control, but it's leadership that can, um, can, can, can step in and say, okay, now uh, we go this way. It's necessary. It's more, it's more difficult to be in charge in a meeting when there's a lot of freedom, but it is necessary. I, I strongly believe also in the gift of leadership. Um, so when I um, make my choice again, I've, I've put something in brackets, it's my own addition. Utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, workings of miracles, prophetic words, discernment of spirit, various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So, I added the words to, to make clear that this, um, uh, there, there, are, there were different kinds of, it, it just, these are workings of the spirit that can uh, happen spontaneously in, in, in various ways and sometimes in a very specific way uh, in the meeting. I don't know if you are familiar with that. In most churches in the world, we are not familiar with that. And and later I will read, I think it's uh, later this morning, I'll read this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul speaks about a service where everybody has something. You know that text, 1 Corinthians 14? I think it's verse 11, I think. But it says, everybody has something a song, a contribution, a word, a prophetic word, whatever. And that is what we tried to do in these meetings that I spoke about, around, around the, the, the open fire. Um, everybody has something. Everybody has a contribution. So, s- somehow, that was normal in, in the early church. Small gatherings where everybody was involved. Also, not just um, um, also in this supernatural way, with the, with the work of the Holy Spirit, working through people. And and I have, have been I've had the privilege to be in some of these meetings also as a student, and it is wonderful to be in meetings. Also, when it comes to prophecy, that that somebody has somebody shares something. Not the, so the Lord speaks. Something, not just I have the impression uh, there's a word of God, or I have to think of this example. And somebody said, oh, I, something happened in my life last week, and it's just like um, prof, a prophetic message is building. Uh, collectively have you ever had that? it's so wonderful and, 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 it, and it is the, uh, when the spirit is, is moving then it, it becomes uh, 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 there, become, there is harmony it's not always like that sometimes there is disharmony somebody shares this and another shares that and there's no relationship with whatsoever and it's a bit of a mess but sometimes there is harmony you feel God is saying something and it's not just the speaker but it's the believers together Now that is such a nice way to to be together as Christians. Um, And uh, later when I I, I moved away from Bible school, I have hardly ever found meetings like that again. Very rarely. Not in the mission field. Later when I went back, um, now in the church where we are, it's a Pentecostal church. Most people (coughs) don't know what you talk about when you say this. Even in the Pentecostal church, they just don't know. So we have, the first thing we did in this church is start a worship and, and prayer group. So Some people, I, I discovered, okay, they have a heart of prayer. And with this group, we we are together and, and, and there is free worship and, and the Holy Spirit is working very strongly. And then you have to be very careful not to make it an elite group within the church. But for us, as a couple, it's our we need it. And then I, I include them in times of a prayer ministry, and we have also uh, open meetings where anybody can walk in. Because this is so precious, these times of worship together, uh, God using different believers, um, not just an audience, but together. And I think that is what the Holy Spirit wants. And that is basically what Paul is referring to. When he speaks to the Corinthians, that was normal to have meetings like that. But with the Corinthians, it had gone wrong. The, the Corinthian church is maybe one of the most Pentecostal churches of the, the churches that Paul had established. Some, some churches had other problems, like for instance, the church of Galatians went back to the law. But in, in the Corinthian church, it, it, there was chaos. There was lovelessness. There was outward spirituality spirituality. There was competition. uh, All kinds of wrong things. Immorality. But they were very charismatic. And somehow uh, there was competition. Some of the gifts were valued higher than other gifts. And and I will explain to you also the fact that they found the, the gifts of tongues probably the most important gift. The most spiritual gift. And so Paul is correcting that. So he speaks to them in a correcting way. Um, but uh, at the same time he, he lets uh, us uh, have a, uh, a glimpse of how it worked in the early church how the meetings were wouldn't you like to have, to have meetings like that occasionally or you wouldn't just sit in the pews and, and have somebody have a message and it's nice as well but to have a gathering of believers where all of us are involved and God's spirit works through all of us that is the message here. And it's it's wonderful. We need to have a break, eh? What about, yeah. So, um, but um, I think you already see now the difference between Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. You see it now, eh? Because that was the main point of my first hour. Romans 12 is about who you are. And God wants to. He wants to make your natural gifts into gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 is about the Spirit working or the Spirit manifesting or the Spirit revealing Himself through believers, in the gathering of believers. Not only in the gathering of believers, it could also happen on the street when you talk with somebody, but Paul speaks about it in 1 Corinthians 12 in the context of a gathering of believers. Um... And that's a different, that is a, a, it's, a it's a different message about the gifts of the Spirit. I just know, I, I'm wondering if you to say anything about what a special faith means, because... Yeah, yeah, well, special faith, um, anybody has an example? Faith for a particular situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be complemented, for example, with a miracle or a healing. Yeah. Yeah, a special faith and the working of miracles and also uh, the gift of healing, they are are—they're um, very close together, but um, uh, the, a special faith is usually, uh, 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 somebody just has faith, this is what, this is going to happen. Uh, I, I love those people because it's not my gift. As a teacher, I always say, okay, there are a lot of things to be done, you know, and uh, uh, we want to start a Bible school, a new Bible school in Holland, it's no problem for me to find the teachers and to make a curriculum and to find the students, but a building and the funds. But there are people uh, uh, around who say, oh, God is going to do this. And I already see it. And then suddenly there is a building available. Okay, but it costs three million euros. So what do you? Go? Oh, this is nothing for God. And it's not just it's not just kind of an upbeat. Uh, but sometimes because of that special faith, they, they God also uh, puts things on their part. It, it, it just happens, and it is so important to have these people that they 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 they, they can get things moving because they know this, this is a God. You can have it in a small way. Uh, for instance, when when we went to the mission field, I did not have. Uh, we didn't have a car because we were poor and we had. Um, we shared a car with somebody else. It was always breaking down, and we needed to go to Albania. And in Albania, it needs to be a good car because in the beginning there was no, there was no garage, no no, no no anything. And I would travel then through the country for ten hours on my own in a dangerous country. It was still there. So I said, I, I just knew. In my heart, God would give me a car that would never break down. And uh, and He gave us a car, and uh, it was a, a van, a Mitsubishi. We called it a Missy Bussy. The boys did, and and uh, and it was um, uh, it was a diesel, and it never it never even had a flat tire all the years of my driving. After three years, there uh, finally it was an English uh, mechanic, and I, in Tirana, I so I said, "Can you look at it?" I said, "Okay." I said, and then I, I, I told him that it never had any change of filters. <laughs> he said, that it's impossible in Albania, with, the, with the, the dirt and the dust, but also <coughs> the benzene that's, that's dirty. It, it It can't be. But it never had any problems. And for me, it was so... I just knew the car would never break down. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a, a gift of faith in that specific situation. Is that an answer? Anybody with the gift of uh, say, faith? I just want to say, Ruth Stanton was spectacularly like that. The stories that he could tell about yeah, knowing yeah. that things were a done deal. Yeah. You know, big checks. Yeah. A done deal. Yeah. Yes. But again, it is not the gift of faith. Eh? When I ask you what, who has this gift of faith, you, you do not have this gift of faith. But it, it can work in any one of us. But on the other hand, some people have this very often. But it's not... That's something they own, but it's the the way spirit moves on certain occasions and certain moments, because you need it, or somebody needs to do it for others. Okay? Give me a break.